What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shad City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Mr. Sands, been the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. Tiger Sanitation, if you're looking for a job, they're always hiring. They're a great company to work for. They do a lot of stuff for the local community and surrounding areas. That is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 1-800-707-9760 If you know what you want to talk about Like always, it's open phone lines Feel free to give us a call Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show If you didn't have an opportunity to call Or you couldn't get through You can parlay that over to today And anything that we're discussing on the docket today That you want to weigh in and give your opinion on Feel free to do that too We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, don't forget if you need to follow me on Twitter or send me a message, it's at Sports Grind. And also, don't forget you can log on to the Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment where you can stream the show live. You can leave comments during the comment section, and we'll read those if they're appropriate and they fit accordingly with the conversation. And also, don't forget you missed the show. You can get the episodes and download the podcast on Sports Grind online.com 1-800-707-9760 what's up jonas ready ready rock and roll all right mr sams what's up fellas how we doing doing all right doing all right going into tuesday uh still coming off the super bowl weekend and valentine's day yesterday um as we roll on into february one of the greatest months of uh, the year, not only because, of course, being Black History Month, and we'll get a Black History fact from Jonas today. He skipped out on some today, but it's also, I've always said, some of the greats, leaders, and pioneers, the first to do things in this country was born in February. A lot of people, you know. Um, speaking of myself, which I, it dawned on me like over the weekend, I was like, you know what? I'm not even the one that's usually into stuff like that. But I was like, my birthday falls on a 2-22-22. Whoa. 2-2. Two, two. And I'm hearing that that's like this 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 year, 2-2-22 two, 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 is supposed to mean something in regards to know, something happening, something like that. But I thought I was like, wow, that's weird, you know? So no wonder this year has been crazy for me. But anyway, all right. So in the sports world, we've got things going on, shaking out. Um, first off, before we get into sports world, just a little something I want to note it because I knew it can't be me, old school. But on the way in here to the studio today, um, and I travel down 60 on four and I go the back way of Stone Oak from way coming way from out in Leon Springs out past the Dominion area or whatever. And I'm coming down here close to the studio and I've seen this guy. Here before, but I guess and I've seen you know I haven't seen a position, but and I and I need some help on this because I know I got twelve that listens to this show, and for y'all to know twelve is that's cops for the translation for the most on twelve, you know five. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, for for twelve, it used to be I thought an unwritten rule, especially for bike cops, an unwritten rule or a rule that you don't really clock people coming down a hill. A steep hill. There is a hill 
that come back here from Stone Oak. And literally, you could be going the speed limit. You could be to which I think this back road is like maybe 40, 45. You just barely pass the school zone. And there's a hill to where you are going to accelerate regardless. Now, you have to sit there and pump the brake. But I see this cop sitting right here under this tree. He didn't get me, but I've seen him usually get, because I'm paying attention, and luckily I'm not on the, on the phone having a conversation. But I'm like, man, I don't know if I heard that somewhere or an unbridled that I thought that normally cops will not give you tickets. They will not clock you with a radar coming down a hill. That's not right, man. You're going to automatically speed up. Like, that to me is just bona fide speed trap. I got to meet quotas. We need, we, we, what do you say, Jonah, over the, over the pandemic? Uh, the municipal- municipalities have gotten hit man. over the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, you come on, 12, man. You just going to hang out on the steep of a hill, the clock he would radars? Come on, man. That's a dirty pool. But I just, I swear I've heard that before that there was a law or unwritten rule that most cops, especially bike cops, won't give you a ticket coming down, clock you down a hill. You're going to go faster. And you saw, you just saw a bunch of people just start their brake lights just start hitting because they're like, oh, it's not like they were speeding, but it's like, damn, I'm going down a hill and he's just sitting there. I'm like, all right, man. Well, I guess so. Well, I thought they I thought in the Super Bowl they had an unwritten rule that they weren't going to call penalties throughout the game and decided oh, when they wanted gosh. to they're in the final two minutes as well. All right, Jones. it's all about the uh, when you leave it up to interpretation and enforcement uh, on the individual, you get to pick and choose when you when you want to enforce the rules and when you don't want to. All right, Karen. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk to the manager. Yeah. Anyway, all right, man. So yeah, that was my soapbox. So maybe twelve. Somebody out there, cop wise, can help me on that. I thought that's something we don't do, but I'm old school. But anyway, all right. In the sports world, we got some things shaking out. We still got a little bit more reaction from the Super Bowl coming through. We got numbers, viewership numbers of the Super Bowl, which I looked at it. I think they said there was a hundred. And 1.1 million people that watched the Super Bowl. And they kind of had it broken down into different countries. I mean, hell, Mexico, I think televised like on Univision or Telemo Wonder, well, that was like 1.8 million of that alone. But anyway, so this is the most watched in five years. And then it got me thinking, too. I'm like, you know what? I mean, granted, we're coming out of pandemic and all that. But I'm like, the hip-hop culture and hip-hop is still powerful, in the in, in in this world, in this country, for sure, that moves the needle. I think without a doubt, you know, again, you can put it L.A., I get it. L.A. market, Rams in there, okay. Definitely contributed some of that to the pot of gumbo. Um, you know, Cincinnati, eh, you know, not really that big of a market, but, you know, that's Ohio area, okay, football love. Of course, those are all contributive factors, but a lot of this has to believe that really the hype that was put behind the Super Bowl and the halftime show and, again, the the people that participated. So tip my hat out to them. I mean, I think that's a lot of factors going to that, but without a doubt, um, to sit there and think that the halftime show – and the culture of hip-hop didn't have something to do with that. I think just being naive. But um, those were amazing numbers. Didn't know it was the highest, though, in five years, but pretty much. So that's that's pretty impressive uh, coming out. And I think the NFL really caught, I won't say lightning in a bottle, but this is probably one of the, after the wild card weekend, this is probably one of the better playoff quality of games. I mean, you can make your opinion on the officiating on how they were refereed on a couple of these games. But I think just from a competitive standpoint, uh, from, you know, 
being on the edge of your seat, you know, we, I mean, you look at the Kansas City and Buffalo game, obviously, but I think overall the NFL really, they really hit it out of the park with their games that I can, I can't remember too much a run, you know, like this from both sides, from the NFC and the AFC side as well, too. So, um, props to, props to the NFL, keeping it going. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of been the fallout. Also, you know, McVay, McVay has spoken, head coach of the Rams. You know, he said that, hey, you know, right now I'm just trying to enjoy this, but, you know, my future, we'll see. We'll see. And I get it. You know, there's reports that the guy is really motivated about TV, but I've had time to think this, and I really think McVay's trying to get a new contract extension. You know, there's only 32 of these jobs. He didn't start in college. Uh, you know, he came, he's in the NFL. He's been in the NFL tree early. He kind of went up the ladder pretty quickly. Uh, very young. I, you know, you got an owner that's willing to basically spend money and take chances and let you trade assets away. You and uh, Mr. Sneed, the GM, I, I'd be, I'd be, I, yesterday I said I wouldn't be surprised, but now I'm going to raise that and elevate. I would probably be shocked if McVay walks away at this point. I don't care how much TV is is calling you or whatever. But I really think this is more along the lines of trying to get a new deal from the Rams. Well, you talk about there's only 32 head coaching jobs. There's really only about eight premium TV jobs. And so if your name is out Good there, point. it's hot. It's time to strike that iron now. And you can get that contract, maybe get there before before Sean Payton does. Um, I mean, why why wouldn't you make that move? We saw John Madden made it at, at a super young age, uh, what for right, right around early forties, made his move to the booth. So why, why well, not? Okay, well th- that's a, that's one way to look at it. I won't totally push back on you on that. That's one way to look at it. But I look at it. Yes, there might be only eight major TV jobs, but I think that's possible changing. I mean, you have Amazon coming. You have the whole deal. I think TV could be there for him. I mean, you know, people always go to that, and I'm not saying this just with you, but people go to the John Madden comparison a lot. Whether it was you know John Gruden when he left early after winning the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay and his time with the Raiders didn't go well, whatever. Um, but people got to realize. Coaches, coaches wasn't making the money they make when John Madden was coaching either. Okay, right. I mean, this is that's a big difference, and I just believe, like, look, you know, coaches. We've seen it before. Coaches get burnt out. It happened to Bill Parcells, my favorite coach of all time. It happened to him. It's happened before. You will get burnt out, and sometimes that can happen earlier than later. It's a grind. But I just feel for now, I mean, two Super Bowls out of the last six years that he's been to, four or five years, however long it's been, and, you know, you win one of them. You know, you've only been like a non-playoff team like one year, I think, since he's been there, whatever. But I, I just don't, I just don't, you know, believe it. I think he'll get, he'll stay, and if he does, he'll get a new contract extension. But we'll see. We'll see. So you have that going on. Speaking of the Super Bowl, we had this conversation, and I even talked about this on Friday's show, on Thursday before we left out of here last week, that, you know, if Matthew Stafford was going to win this game, this Super Bowl, that the Matthew Traf- Stafford train would go and people would start looking at Matthew in a different light. And we had these conversations yesterday about the potential of him being a Hall of Famer, okay? And um, it kind of caught legs outside of just even this show. People start having conversations. I know the NFL Network 
had a conversation about it. I forgot who the guy was, but he said, hey, yeah, you know what? If you win a, if you win a, a Lombardi, and that's pretty much what we play for, and you've got some stats about, yeah, he's an Hall of Famer. So you had people kind of go out there, you know, Dan Olosky, whatever his name is. I'm not a big fan of him. He's on ESPN on first take a lot. He does appearance. He was his teammate at Detroit. He's been champion hard. Me personally, first of all, like I said yesterday, I think he still got some football to add on the resume. But the reason why I want to bring this back up, because Richard Sherman, uh, former cornerback of the Seattle Seahawks, Super Bowl champion, former 49er, have, has a podcast like everybody and their mom in these days have a podcast and was saying that, hey, you know, hey, there's just not enough there to support that. And no, and, and, and the Hall of Fame is becoming, you know, a participation award and yada, yada, yada. And which I thought was totally out of line, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I and again, Richard, if you have a, he has a podcast, and everybody has a podcast. I mean, one time before that, we interviewed Richard on the show years ago. Um, only talked to him briefly, but I would just sit there and say, "That's not right." I just come from the cloth that if you if you're still, I mean, Richard hasn't retired yet, is what I've heard. But I feel like if you're one, if you're a peer and you're still in the arena and you're still in the league, I think that's kind of harsh to sit there. If a man just won a Super Bowl, I mean, there's other ways to answer that. And I understand a lot of these guys, they want to run to the media. As Jonah said, there's only eight of those jobs. They want to run somewhere with a network because it's good seven-figure money in most cases, and you get up there and you get to talk the game that you know the most. So everybody's trying to jockey and be half foot in the door and then basically media got hell. Look at Draymond Green. Draymond Green signed a contract with TNT Sports and TNT for their, you know, NBA tonight. But And he still, I mean, he's injured right now, out, but he still will go to state. So that just proves my theory even more. But I'm thinking, like, I get it. But when you are saying that about a man that's won the Super Bowl, first of all, Richard, I, you know, first of all, I mean, I look at you. I mean, yes, Richard was a good cornerback. I mean, when we look at Richard, is he Hall of Because to me, he's part of a legion of boom. But Richard always got kind of basically, you know, Ken Norton is a defensive coordinator. And their defense, even though, you know, basically when um, Dan Quinn was there, uh, before Dan uh, Dan Quinn, when uh, Gus Bradley was there as a coordinator, they always hid Richard. Richard was never the corner that, hey, no matter who, I got the best wide receiver on the other team. He didn't. And that always bothered him or whatever. So I'd be like, hey, pump the brakes, Richard. Are you a Hall of Famer? But it brings me back and looking at more of the numbers of Stafford. And you know what? You know what? I mean, he's he's got more of a case. He's got more case. And and I think, again, it goes back to where I think it's still – I don't want to get all deep into the numbers, but I know Jonas has looked at him and just kind of throws some numbers out there that might surprise people here shortly when we get back. But I feel that, you know, I brought it up because, one, Richard just basically went ahead and just killed him. I mean, I, I don't understand why you do that and you're in the – and I get it. The radio guy can have an opinion, but I just believe I'm the one that if you're in the end, if you're in the arena – there's some things you can keep saying. I mean, hell, there's there's a lot of things I've wanted to say about people in this business forever, even publicly, but I don't because it's just like that's that's not – to me, it's about being professional. I just feel like that's not what you do, you know, and I just think now it's like, really, man, this man just won a Super Bowl. He's been through a lot. He's played with a crappy organization, a ran organization, diehard fan base in Detroit, but really an organization that burned through GMs like underwear – and and due to the fact that the first year he gets in a new team, like I said, I don't I don't agree with a lot of things this man says. Okay, 
Every ever since he bashed Elway about 30 years ago, I wrote Terry Bradshaw off. But credit to Terry. Terry's been saying, doing all them Fox games on Detroit, Lions, seeing Detroit get beat now. Man, if Matthew Stafford would ever get on a good team, he could win a Super Bowl. The guy, and, and I've been in Matthew Stafford just say, hey, when he got the money, I remember arguing on this show back in the day, like, hey, man, Matthew's worth it. I don't know. Let's look at his number. He's worth it. So I've been in Matthew's corner, not as much as Terry Bradshaw, but I've been in his corner. But the man goes and does it in first year with leaving Detroit. I don't care about who's on his pieces or whatever like that. He went and got it delivered with the pressure the first year. But when we look at the numbers, I think it's a valid question to see that if it doesn't, if he never gets back to another one, plays a couple more years, and if he's a if he's a Hall of Famer. And that's coming from a guy that said that I believe, I, not that I agree with it because I don't have him either way, but I think it goes back from the guy that said when you look at the whole Tony Romo situation, if Tony just gets the one game, if he just gets to that game one time, and I don't even think necessarily that he would have had to win it. With his numbers and the Dallas, he probably would have got there. He probably, not first time, but he would have got it. This is a guy that Matthew Stafford has won some games in Detroit, should have had a playoff win before this year because he got screwed in Dallas a few years ago. That was a horrible call. They got cheated in that, the Detroit Lions in that game. The guys, the guys, you can look at the naked eye contest. Yes, he had some ups and downs this year, but the guy can play. So I think eventually it's still the book still be written, but I was like, pump the brakes, Richard, man. Pump the brakes, man. Don't rain on the guy's parade that quick, man. Come on now. Don't have salt. Don't sound salty beans now. 1-800-707-976. We got more of the docket to get to when we get back. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Mr. Sam, spinning the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by the LaHood Law Firm. Keep in mind, the LaHood Law Firm has 82 years of combined experience in law. They can help you through any criminal matter you find yourself in, whether it's white-collar crimes, DUIs. Um, probation violations, they can help. And the most important thing, they'll give you a free consultation when you call them, and that's the LaHood Law Firm, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right, other things as we continue, because we're getting reaction on Twitter and Facebook Live with the Matthew Stafford stuff, and we'll dive into those uh, numbers here shortly. But other stuff we have on the docket, um, you know, NBA continues to roll on. Uh, your San Antonio Spurs two-game losing uh, winning streak was snapped last night in Chicago. Um, DeMar gave him a 40-piece. 40-piece mm. so dropped on him. 
really went nuts in the second half of the game. Um, you know, but, um, you know, they lost. They had a chance. You know, it didn't help the Spurs cause at the last few four straight possessions was turnover, turnover, turnover. Uh, the ball kind of got like a hot potato and nobody really wanted to shoot it or lost confidence in shooting. But DeMar, I mean, he had a 40-piece against his former team. Um, you know, the Spurs started to try to double and triple team him later on in the game. I think they waited too long for him to get going before they did that. Uh, but that's the um, – Second loss, right? So on the rodeo right now, what they're two and two, two and two, two and two, five hundred on the rodeo road trip. And who do they have up next? Uh, next up, I think is tomorrow, okay. um, because you've got just one more here before the All Star break, and it's going to be against the Thunder. The Thunder, mm-hmm. Thunder roll. So we'll see if they can get back on the winning ways of things. Also in the NBA, uh, we finally heard from the two guys involved into the blockbuster trade. From uh, James Harden and Ben Simmons, uh, James kind of said that the Sixers was kind of was always his first choice. Uh, that you know, there's a lot been through. He didn't think that you know he would be you know on his third team in such a short time, but it is what it is. But Philly's kind of where he always wanted to go. I know Philly's going to take their time in regards to his injury when he's actually going to come back and debut. He's going to have to clear through them first. I think they're still handling with gloves. There's really no rush. I mean, yeah, you want to build kid chemistry with James and Embiid, uh, but the team is winning and they're a top Eastern team. You know, without him, they've got Boston tonight, which is an interesting game. Uh, you know, Celtics, of course, they they have a new look with getting your uh, San Antonio Spur expert, Derek White. So they tangled tonight um, in in Boston. I believe that game's in Boston. But, yeah, I thought it was interesting to hear Harden say that. Ben Simmons spoke and just said, hey, you know, there were some things that this summer that, you know, I feel like he's getting the help, this and this. I mean, Ben is really going to – it doesn't matter what Ben says. Ben is going to have to go show on the court. He's he's asking, he's still to this day asking for sympathy in regards to, hey, it wasn't me, I just didn't do it. Well, a lot of people, especially in that region in Philly, you know, um, they're not hearing it. They they sounds like you were they they you got an image of being a baby and taking your ball and going home and kicking and screaming. And the only way you're gonna erase that is you're gonna have to get in the gym and you're gonna have to find a way. Don't let your brother do it this time. You're going to have to find professional help to help you with your jump shot and bring your confidence back, okay? And you might even have to get with a sports psychologist as well, too, to kind of help with the mental part of it. He's, he's got an uphill battle, um, and I've always said this. There's a lot of guys in all sports that don't have the DNA and don't have the makeup and the fortitude to play in Philly in that market. It'll eat you alive. And if you can't handle criticism as a professional athlete, from that media, okay, and and you know that 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 fan base, you're not gonna make it. And and he was one of those guys. He was one of those guys. You know, I can understand him having a problem with Doc Rivers' comments right after they were eliminated last year. But you know, it is what it is. But he can say that all oh, it wasn't one particular teammate. It wasn't. I just didn't feel like I was getting the help. That still sounds like excuses. I'm. We'll see. I was never hiring him out of LSU. I've said that a thousand times in this show. Uh, but I'm definitely not rooting for his, the, the, his demise. So I hope he can get it turned around um, and pretty much ball out and use it as motivation. So you have that going on. Also, college basketball continues to roll on. Um, you know, got a big some big games tonight in the SEC. I know Kentucky takes on Tennessee. Um, in the Big Ten, you've got Indiana. Uh, that's going to be hosting Wisconsin. Indiana needs some wins. You know, you, we're getting to the time where we find out who's bubbleicious. Okay, the team that's on the bubble. All right, and and Indiana, 
they need this one, uh, you know, because they're one of those teams in the bubble here, you know, looking at it that way. Uh, so you have the college action continuing to run. Texas is in action tonight against OU. They're going to look to bounce back after a beat down on Saturday from Baylor. You know, Baylor is not as good as they were last year, but I think they're still going to be a, a dangerous tournament team. This is still a wide-open college season for me. Um, you know, again, I'm saying the same thing that we said last year, said again, if it's not this year for Gonzaga, when is it? But I'm not ready to go there as well because with them, they're just going to have to – I'm going to have to see it to believe it for they really cut down the nets all the way, even though they lost in the championship game last year. Never really got off the bus. They were routed by Baylor. But Baylor's not as good as they were last year, but I do see them still being competitive and being a hard team to get out. And another team that's still, you know, kind of stubbed their toe this past weekend, but who's kind of getting traction? And that's Austin's former guy, oh, Shaka Smart Marquette. Shock is just back home in that region. I don't know why it really didn't work out in Austin and Texas. You know, I was high on Shaka when he got the job. Unlike Charlie Strong, he was their first option. They wanted him. You know, I remember Shaka's first, you know, VCU, first, uh, you know, Final Four magical run. Shock is just, it's just something about that region and be going back home up there to Marquette. He has them balling. They're going to be a tough tournament team, too, to play. I could see them making a deep run as well also. So college basketball is getting on the roll. But some of these teams, as we go into conference tournament play here shortly in another few weeks or so, as we wind down the season, we get to see what are those teams that are sitting on, trying to become bubble-ishes and sitting on the bubble. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so – Anyway, let's get into it. I mean, we start. There's some other NFL news, too, I want to get into here shortly after we talk about this Stafford thing. Because before we get to Mike's call, you went into some numbers. Because we've got some reaction. And before you did, let's get to the reaction here first. We've got on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll respond to looking inside the numbers. Yeah, so over here on Facebook, we have um, Michael Figueroa in here saying, uh, Goff was able to lead this team to the Super Bowl without OBJ. Vaughn Miller didn't have Cup for most of the year. Um, so, so let's, uh, let's not give the most, uh, the most credit to Stafford. Well, first of all, they would have thought golf, evidently they thought golf wasn't good enough. I, I mean, I think what Michael's trying to say, I think we, of course, it's a team sport and this goes back again to where I said yesterday, Michael, you, you look at Stafford is the poster child to show everybody when franchises are losing, especially in football, when franchises are losing, they can't win. It's stop just stopping with the. Sometimes it's more than just a quarterback. And that was offered in Detroit. Again, we are a society of prison of the moment. I don't think people realize how badly the Detroit Lions was ran. Okay. From the Matt Millen era to burning through coaches, GMs. I got a stat for your ass with Matthew Stafford. Okay. As we dive into it, because I know it's one that Jonas would probably have. I challenge, go look up and see how many 100-yard rushers that Matthew Stafford, no, excuse me, 1,000-yard running backs that Matthew Stafford played with his career in Detroit. <laughs> you will find maybe one at tops, if that. Okay? 1,000 yards. Because they, they, that was the big thing to go. The naked eye test can show you, yes, there's a team sport. Every Super Bowl team considered, you could say, has been good or quote-unquote stat. Matthew Stafford, put him if, 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 if Ballard wouldn't have sit there and listened, which we got news on them in Indy, but if Ballard wouldn't have sent to his boy Frank Wright, put, put Matthew Stafford on an Indy team with Jonathan Taylor and see how far they're playing into this January, maybe February. Okay? You could put Matthew Stafford on a couple teams that they would make them Super Bowl or to go. 
Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. He's been a good quarterback. Do I have him as a first-time ballot Hall of Fame? No. Am I trying to fight that he's a first-time ballot Hall of Fame? No. But what I am showing is that there, during this playoff run, there was some big-time throws and games he had to win. He bailed out McVay in the Tampa Bay Buck game. Had a guy about 280 barreling down, running a 4-5, coming to hit him in the chops, and he stood there and hit Cup. The last touchdown, the Cup to win the Super Bowl in the drive, that was damn near a no-look pass. If it was Patrick Mahomes, we would have this on TV more than Leave it to Beaver reruns. All right? So so that, so that at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, I, I'm not a big stat, but I will say you got to give him his flowers, and I kind of disagree with what Richard said. First of all, like I think he still has a good maybe three years to play. I mean, it's still his his resume is still going to be filled out. You know, but that that's my opinion. What else we got? Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about it now. Um, looking at uh, Darian over on Twitter said it's going to be hard to debate um, the, the Matt Stafford conversation. A lot of those starts came from an abysmal organization. Easy for a player to not give 100 percent or retire. Uh, in his opinion, uh, Stafford should get some consideration after all after all this uh, you know, past Sunday. And because he was. Um, he was stuck in Detroit all those years. And who was that that tweeted that? Uh, Darian on Twitter. And Darian, I'll even raise you 20, okay, and go even more with that take. Because I was telling Jones, but you know the other reason why he's going to get consideration when that time comes in the past? Because all those dismal years we talked about in Detroit, what did Matt, in this time and age that we see in the NBA and NFL even, I mean, we got to get to the immaturity of Colin Murray here pretty soon as well. Matthew Stafford never complained. He never bitched and complained. When he was getting his ass kicked in Detroit, the organization wasn't drafting well. They wasn't spending no money in free agency. Matthew Stafford never complained to not one outlet, not one source. No Adam Scheffner, no Chris Mortensen, no Jay Glazner ever had reports that Matthew Stafford is unhappy in Detroit. Hell, Tom Brady basically loses an offensive line coach in, in, in New England or basically loses that he doesn't have one semi-par wide receiver, he goes, he, he bitches and complains. Some of the great, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is playing for one of the best-ran organizations in the last 15, 20 years, and he's complaining that they haven't done right by him. Matthew Stafford never complains, so you damn right he's going to get consideration off of that as well too. I don't know if he's a first-time ballot, but he's getting in there. He's getting in there. I don't have so much of a problem with him going into the Hall of Fame. I just my prop my major problem is that we're having this conversation after it to, everybody's finally giving him his flowers and saying that his career stacks up there after he gets a ring on a stacked team in a major market. Where's the love for the small market guys who are doing uh, performing consistently? I mean, we didn't even look at the recognition. He didn't even make a pro, he made one pro bowl. In his career, he, so at, at at one time through his career, he was one of the top three quarterbacks in, in his okay. In, well, in the, why in his you entire do, conference? I'm gonna I'm gonna because I've got I've got beef with your small market take. The small market take does not apply in the National Football League. That's an NBA take. It does, in the NFL, like I told you, when when the Cleveland Browns in Cincinnati was sucking sucking, you know what. They had 18 to 20 million people tuning into that game because whether it was gambling, fantasy football, in NFL, you get exposure. If you can ball, you can ball. 
I don't think that the whole oppression of small market and NFL, it don't buy. Now, from the owner standpoint of operational stuff and stuff like that from sponsor dollars and TV dollars, yes, if you're an owner and operating a small market team, that can hinder you something. For a player being able to play or shine in the NFL, you will get notarized if you can play. And I think when you sit there and say the problem you have with this is we're having the conversation now, well, now it's more valid to have a conversation because really in some people's eyes, that's the only thing that he was missing was a win. Can he get a team to the Super Bowl? Read me some of the stats. Read me some of the stats that blew you away. Okay. And let's talk about it. So when you look at the the top quarterback, where he ranks in the top quarterbacks for his career, he's number 12 in passing yards. Not bad. He's five away from 50,000. And name me somebody else besides Megatron without Googling him. Galladay. Okay. Had Nate Burleson. Okay. Um, None of these guys are nothing to write. I love Nate on TV, but he was nothing, nothing to write home back. Keep going. It's buffering. Keep going. Keep reading. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. go through some stats. Uh, it's buffering. 300. And, 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 and by the way, I mean, you do have to. Calvin Johnson did play in his shortened career, still made it to the Hall of Fame right. because he was that great. Uh, Matt Stafford is number 12 in passing touchdowns with 323. Not bad. Almost top 10. Uh, completion percentage, accuracy, 63%. He's number 25. Not bad. Considering the circumstances. Passer rating, 91.1. He's 21st. Pretty good, considering the circumstances. Now, my favorite stat here, because when you look at, this is the one opportunity you have to kind of qualify the quarterback itself and his ability to what he means to his team is fourth quarter comebacks. And we know how bad of a team Detroit was. He has 34 fourth quarter comebacks. That's fifth all time. That's amazing there. Now, that also goes to show you how bad Detroit was and how many times that they had to come back. Now, that's one of those padded things, too. You know, that's the yin and yang. Yeah, you're fifth, but that means your team sucked But you while. get it done. That's right, that's right. my point yeah. is, is you get yeah. it done. You're still able to rise above that situation. Damn near cracking top ten in a couple of those sets. Might not be first ballot, but your second ballot, and it's still going. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, again, and I'm still waiting. Tell me how many thousand-yard back season backs did Matthew Spray? He had one. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. And and, and how long and how many years over there? Uh, from 2008 to 2020, so yeah. about 12 yeah. years, 13 stop seasons. Stop the conversation. Tell Richard to stop the conversation on that. Drop the mic on that. that. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, none of them dudes could win them bowls or what they've done without going that many years without a running game. Go ask Dan Marino. That's the only reason why Dan Marino's ass didn't play in another Super Bowl game. Man, so the man will be in the Hall of Fame. Stop it. It's just like, Richard, like, I get it. Everybody gets caught to be like, man, this guy's been on Detroit, and all of a sudden we give him, we give him love because we're in the Super Bowl. Look at the body work. Look at what he's done because we're, we're in a society of prisoner of the moment, man, and people can't remember how bad those Detroit teams were ran. But I think you're prisoner of the moment now because he just won a ring. No, that, man, we've been talking. That's the problem. No, no, there's always been a question of how good or how good is Matthew Stafford really is, and it was the non-playoff he was win. good. And Nobody just go. saw him. Nobody he got over. You might have watched the games. But he got overlooked. 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. When we get back, we'll get to Mike's phone call. We'll be back.